Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. Every day, there's a slew of developments in this impeachment inquiry into President Trump. And so every day, uh, or at least every weekday, we're going to have a new episode for you of this podcast. Today, we're recording from a high-ceiling cavernous room here, a green room at the Novo Theater in Los Angeles, which is the site of tonight's Equality in America Town Hall. So excuse a bit of the echo you might hear and do me a favor, tune in tonight on CNN to watch that Equality Town Hall. We have a local Los Angeles guest in in a moment, Dan Caldwell, distinguished professor of political science at Pepperdine University. But first, I'm joined by my colleague, CNN's chief political correspondent, Dana Bash. Dana, thank you for being here. It's great to be here. So we woke up to a a new set of headlines in this day dealing with Rudy Giuliani, who I just think um, is not going far away from this entire impeachment process uh, throughout. He seems so central to what the president was trying to accomplish uh, in pressuring the Ukrainians to to investigate uh, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden. And today we learned that two Giuliani associates, uh, basically the folks that were connecting him to what was going on in Ukraine or doing maybe some of his work there to try to dig up dirt on the Bidens or get information on what the prosecutors were looking into. Uh, Here are these two associates of Giuliani. They donated some $325,000 to a Trump-friendly super PAC, and they got arrested today, uh, I think at Dulles Airport, um, uh, clearly trying to leave, perhaps, and and authorities didn't want them to. So they got uh, arrested on these um, Federal uh, Election Commission campaign finance uh, charges. We'll see what happens in court with that. But to me, the larger picture here is why, you know, Giuliani associates being arrested. uh, Is this where impeachment is now? Uh, Today. Yeah. Today it is. uh, Absolutely. And and it's not just in the federal courts. House Democrats are also uh, sending subpoenas to these two individuals. I mean, good luck with that since they're actually working through the criminal uh, court system. But in, in any event, yes. And that is what is so, you know, almost mind blowing about this whole situation is that it does all come down to Rudy Giuliani. I mean, you and I talked about this over the summer when he started to send texts to me and other reporters saying, Biden, Biden, look yeah. at Biden, look at Biden, Ukraine, Biden, Biden. And we were like, OK, obviously they're worried about Biden. And this is before the Mueller uh, report. It, it was out, but it was before it was fully, yeah. fully before, cooked, he before he testified. Yeah. He was on it. I mean, he was on that train. Let's be clear. He was driving that train. And, uh, and that's why of the normal diplomatic channels of the way the government is supposed to work. I mean, this is a a side project where he was just uh, doing the president's bidding for domestic political purposes. Right. What he called uh, investigating to try to find the real root of, uh, you know, collusion in 2016 or foreign involvement in 2016, which, of course, he alleges is uh, 
the Ukrainians with the Democrats, which even his the president's former uh, Homeland Security Advisor Tom Bossert says is conspiracy and said he told the president that. Right. So that's that's today's headline in this saga. But more broadly, what I want to check in with you on, you talk to Republican senators all the time and uh, Republican members of the House, for that matter, as well, though I'm more focused on the Senate here because of where this like, you know, where the impeachment trial will occur. But we have heard in the last few days more outrage at President Trump from Republicans than we have ever heard over the issue of the Kurds in Syria. And my question to you is, why are these Republican senators more focused and more enraged about protecting the Kurds than they are about protecting America's free and fair elections? Well, let me start by answering that uh, in, in an honest way, which is I don't know the answer to that. But it is the question. I know that you have been um, rightly very focused on that question because um, it's so stark in watching the difference in the reaction that you're seeing. I mean, obviously, the most illustrative of this is Lindsey Graham. Yes. Who is falling over himself to defend the president on this phone call uh, that he had with uh, with Ukraine falling over himself to say that there's no quid pro quo, that there's nothing wrong, there's nothing untoward, there's definitely nothing illegal. And he was viscerally angry when the president announced earlier in the week, was it this week, (laughs) that he was going to um, pull U.S. troops. And I will tell you, I think um, the answer to just let's just focus on Lindsey Graham for a second. Sure. The answer to the question in that case is because he made this deal with himself to support the president on on other issues where the old Lindsey Graham might not have, and certainly not if it was a Democratic president, because he thinks he can um, persuade him on other issues he of national security. Ear. He has his ear. And there's nothing more important to Lindsey Graham and other Republicans like him than fighting ISIS, fighting terrorists over there, not here. And the fact that he could not... He, he had absolutely no control over the president doing something that Senator Graham and other Republicans are convinced will make Americans less safe because it will, it will allow the caliphate to come back. It will, uh, it will allow ISIS to become strong again. It will, uh, you know, the alliances in the Middle East that are bad for the United States will, will be fortified. And so that is the reason that he, that he says. I, the other thing is that it's easier politically to fight on this issue than it is on the notion of being in an impeachment proceeding Yeah, uh, when he has all these constituents who very much love Donald Trump. I get that. I, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, no, 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 I, 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 I hear what you're right saying. I, I, yeah. no, I hear what you're saying. And I think it just, to me, it begs that question of, but isn't America's national security at risk also if the president of the United States is inviting a foreign actor to play in our elections. I mean, that that to me also has a national security component. We'll talk Absolutely. more about that uh, in our next block. I do want to turn your attention down to the 2020 race, because mm-hmm. the way I've been describing it, feel free to disagree. It sort of seems like the race for the Democratic nomination, the 20 just froze in place as impeachment took over and consumes all mm-hmm. the oxygen. It's just like it has moved to the side uh, mm-hmm. almost entirely, uh, except, of course, for one person, which is Joe Biden, one of the front runners in the race, because he is the president's target in this entire scenario. And yesterday in New Hampshire, we heard something new from Joe Biden, which was 
uh, a call for the president's impeachment without any caveat, not let's see where the investigation goes, not just a flat out call for his impeachment. We had not heard that before. Here's Joe Biden in New Hampshire yesterday. In the full view of the American people, Donald Trump has violated his oath of office, betrayed the nation and committed impeachable acts. To preserve our Constitution, our democracy, our basic integrity, I believe he should be impeached. What do you make of uh, why Joe Biden is doing that? Is he concerned that he's taking on water with this attack that he's getting from Donald Trump? Uh, That is my sense. That's part of it. But it's also the same reason why his competitors did this so long ago. He understands that the Democratic uh, voting population, they want a fighter. And if Joe Biden, who is at the center of this, is not going to fight it, if Joe Biden, who is at the center of this, is not going to say what the president did is an impeachable offense, since it's about him, then who is? I I think uh, that's fair. Um, He also, as you note, clearly feeling um, the pressure from a wing in his party, right? You you noticed, you noted all of his competitors. I mean, Elizabeth Warren, her campaign believes her early call for impeachment back in April is one of the reasons she is where she is in this race right now, is that she tapped into something. And Joe Biden has been sort of reluctant getting there, whether his experience in the Senate, his dedication to process in this matter, um, not wanting to just do the rhetorical thing. Um, but you see now... I think a real pressure on Biden and his campaign to aggressively push back on this every single day. They're trying to learn lessons from 2016 and Clinton and dealing with her emails or crooked Hillary and all of that. Yeah, because listen, even though every time we mention this, we talk about the fact that the allegations are unfounded. They don't do that on other networks. And Every time the president says something on on Twitter or every time somebody tunes into this controversy, which has led to impeachment, it's about two words, Biden and corruption, whether or not it's fair or not. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Dana and I are going to be joined in just a moment by Dan Caldwell of Pepperdine University. Please stay with us. Welcome back. I'm pleased to be joined by Dan Caldwell, Distinguished Professor of Political Science at Pepperdine University and CNN's Chief Political Correspondent, Dana Bash, uh, remains with us here. Welcome to the podcast, Dan. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Um, So you you heard Dan and I talking a little bit at the beginning of the podcast about some of the national security implications that are at play here. I know international relations is a big area of focus uh, for you and your work. Can you Just from your perspective of watching this unfold right now, give us a sense of how you think this current uh, Ukraine scandal, if you will, impeachment inquiry into the president's uh, conversation with a foreign leader about a domestic political opponent asking him uh, to get involved. How does that play into America's role on on the world stage? Well, I thought it was very interesting that in his testimony before the Congress, the director of national intelligence um, Joseph McGuire was asked what the most serious threat was by Will Hurt, congressman from Texas, to American national security. 
And he said that he thought the greatest threat to American national security was interference in the U.S. elections. And I thought that was very significant coming from the, the leading intelligence official in the United States government. I mean, it, it, it was very telling. And it's what David was talking about uh, before with me. I mean, sorry to steal your thunder, David, but I'm curious what you have to say about the difference in the Republican approach to Ukraine and what's happening in Turkey, which they obviously are claiming is much more significant uh, when it comes to America's national security. The fact that the U.S. is pulling out and leaving the Kurds high and dry, the Kurds who helped fight ISIS and get rid of the caliphate. Yeah, I think it's very significant. Uh, first of all, the uh, decision by the president to pull the American troops out of uh, northern uh, Syria. There are about a thousand American troops there. He previously, in December, uh, ordered the withdrawal of all 2,000 troops. Uh, and as a result of that, uh, General Mattis resigned and Brett McKirk uh, also resigned in protest to that earlier December decision. And we're now seeing strong pushback from, from Democrats, as well as, I think, military officers um, who have fought alongside Kurds, uh, who have uh, sacrificed enormously in terms of fighting ISIS for the last five years. The estimate is that there have been uh, 11,000 Kurdish casualties compared to uh, about 10 for the United States uh, in northern Syria. Uh, and so I think Republicans, as well as Democrats, as well as those in favor of a strong national defense, are quite concerned about uh, this uh, impetuous, I think, uh, ill-considered Ill decision by the president to withdraw those troops. But, I, you know, the president, this isn't a surprise to anybody that listened to him on the campaign trail or uh, paid attention to his promises, uh, which is... I think he made clear from the get-go he did not want American military involvement in the Middle East. He thought he thinks that is a pure quagmire in any way, shape, or form. And he thinks uh, he promised his supporters that he was going to take a different direction on that and 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 not expose. Uh, America any longer in that theater or trying, as he says, I think, to be the world's policeman. What do, you, what do you say to that, that the president's following through here on on what he promised he would do as president and, and he got elected doing so? Well, several things. First, I think that it would be helpful uh, for the president to study some history because in uh, Afghanistan, uh, where the attacks on the United States of September 11, 2001 were planned, uh, the United States intervened initially with about 600, uh, 400 CIA and uh, U.S. special forces uh, and overthrew the Taliban government and destroyed the terrorist camps from which the attacks in the United States were planned. So I think it would be useful for the president to uh, consider that uh, because the withdrawal of a thousand troops from northern Syria is not going to end U.S. involvement in the Middle East. Uh, indeed, that's a thousand troops, which by military standards, standards is relatively small. Uh, and they were accomplishing uh, similar objectives as to what those 400 um, American troops did in Afghanistan in 2001. But what, what about, you know, David's question about, and, and you were bringing this up even before we started, about the balance, about what is a threat to the U.S.? The fact that Republicans are jumping on this and, and criticizing the president in a way that we've almost never seen, and they're not doing so at all 
when it comes to the president of the United States admitting, not only do we have the summary, he's admitting that he asked the uh, president of Ukraine for dirt, but he just says there's nothing wrong with that. And when it comes to the threat to national security. Yeah, I I think that um, typically Republicans have been strong on national defense and and they uh, look to external threats to the United States more than to internal threats uh, to uh, uh, the uh, sort of Constitution and the rule of law in the United States. And I think, uh, again, Republicans are looking uh, to the threat posed by uh, radical forces, the Islamic State, uh, in uh, northern Syria. And I, I, another thought I have for you is what you think, having a president of the United States um, going through a domestic impeachment process right now, what that does with how um, the actors we deal with around the world that the United States has deal with, how they deal with a president of the United States in turmoil like that. Well, I think it's very interesting. I think one parallel that really has not been examined in depth is the the parallel between Nixon and Watergate and the Arab-Israeli War of October 1973. Uh, Nixon faced simultaneous domestic and international crises. Domestically, uh, he fired uh, the special prosecutor at that time, Archibald Cox, leading to the resignation uh, of the attorney general and the deputy attorney general. At the same time, uh, the United States was facing a, a crisis in the Middle East with the Soviet Union threatening to intervene. And I think in, in a similar way, uh, President Trump now faces a domestic crisis with the impeachment investigations going on and also an international crisis with his, I think, ill-considered withdrawal of the 1,000 American troops from northern Syria. Dan Caldwell, Distinguished Professor of Political Science at Pepperdine University. Thank you very much for joining us today. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Dana, give us a quick look ahead. Where do you think this story goes tomorrow? The question is whether or not the administration is going to continue their absolute stonewalling and whether they will stop uh, the former ambassador to the Ukraine, Ivanovich, who the president had pulled from uh, from that country. She is supposed to testify in Capitol Hill and uh, she's still a member of the Foreign Service. So her boss is still the president. If he says no, she might not be able to go. Uh, That does it for this edition of the Daily DC Impeachment Watch. I also want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. The developments in this impeachment inquiry are unfurling at a rapid pace. So this podcast is dedicated to that for you guys to hear every weeknight. Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever your favorite podcast app is. And while you're there, leave us a rating or a comment. It really helps people find the show. We'll see you tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.